Hey traders, David Frost, my strategic forecast. You're here for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. Today is Thursday, September 30, 2021. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. What do we have on the docket today? Another day where they essentially killed the market, especially into the close. We'll talk about that 43091 number, the horizontal line in a few minutes. First thing we want to do is get a handle on what's really going on. So let me talk about what's jumping off the page. We'll get a sense for what the pattern looks like, what the probabilities are, what the likelihood is, what to watch out for. We're going to talk a little bit about some sentiment issues. We're also going to discuss once again, because it's important that we continue to discuss this, how do these markets act and react during these corrective phases dare I say, bear market. We're not in a bear market right now, but we have to be prepared. We have to show up in uniform, ready to go for all types of markets for today, for tomorrow. Today, what did they do? They got below by a few pennies, the low from last week on the 20th. The low was 428.86. Today's low happens to be 428.78. So they spike it, They go back or rip back. In this case, they didn't really rip back in the other direction. And the main thing is they did it into the close. They killed them into the close. Is this exhaustion or are we set up for a gap down on Friday? And if in fact we're set up for a gap down on Friday, we should know a couple of things. When the market puts in an interim low, wherever that low may be, and I'm not saying tomorrow is an interim low, I'm just saying, let's say, maybe it is, maybe it's not, but let's say, what if? It's a hypothetical scenario. So let's say they gap them down tomorrow, and they reverse the tape. The buy the dip crowd shows up, all of a sudden they start to recover, and they finish the day on a positive note. Well, therein lies one of those gap-down reversal scenarios, something we have to watch out for. Why do I bring this up? Because the market's been down a lot. It's gone down to the point in which we're looking for. We're not going to guess. We're not going to anticipate. We're just aware of, and we're looking for one of those scenarios. It doesn't have to happen that way. They can reverse them in the middle of the day. By the way, They can go down for another three weeks in a row. We just don't know. That's not the point. The point is you have to be aware that at some point, and there's where I tie back in, how do these corrective phases work? You have to be aware you're going to get a rip-your-face-off rally, and it's likely coming sooner than later. The market's getting stretched. We spike the former low. Maybe they gap them down. Maybe they go significantly lower before reversing, However, you have to be aware, we will see a rip-your-face-off rally coming to a chart near you. And by the way, when that happens, and then you see some follow-through the following day, by noon the following day, there's been no correction or the correction's over, all is well, party on, we're going to make new highs. That's what will happen to the sentiment and the media on a dime. And keep in mind, That'll happen over and over and over again during the course of these corrective phases or this corrective phase. And I say this corrective phase because now we can say with the month closed, 
They topped him out on September 2nd, right here. And then all of a sudden, when we flip over to a monthly chart, because the month closed, this candle is official, they closed the monthly chart with a reversal candle, period, full stop. Now, that doesn't guarantee that there's never going to be a new high. However, the way I do things is I use common sense, I use logic, I use the things that work over and over again, the majority and the large majority of the time. We use the 80-20 rule in my world. The majority of the time, the same stuff happens over and over and over again. The anomalies fall into the 20% camp, and that's also the ugly duck. Most of the time, the walks like a duck, talks like a duck, it's a duck. The monthly charter is a reversal candle. It's a duck until proven otherwise. That doesn't mean they won't have rallies. They will have rallies. They may have a rally tomorrow. We don't know. But this candle is closed. It's in the books. And it's a reversal candle. Now, we go down to the weekly chart, and the week has one more day. So when the week closes tomorrow, we're going to see, did they close below last week's low, which was by itself a weekly reversal candle after a sell-off back in the other direction, up north. Now, will they reverse the reversal candle, close below? That's a really important development. That's a really negative development after saving or being rescued at the 20-period moving average to give it up the following week. That's all negative information. Now, I don't mean to be Captain Obvious. It looks negative on the chart. Guess what? If looks could kill, it is negative on the chart. But we have to wait until the week closes to know. Here's a snapshot of inside the numbers. We're going to run through some highlights of the commentary, and then we're going to run through stocks on the move, and we'll look at some charts. Pause the video, read the notes, go back to the charts to double-check the work. I'm going to give you the cliff note version until the afternoon session. Here's why. The cliff note version is... The market was really, really difficult to read. It was difficult to trade, certainly in the morning session, notably all day long. But in the morning session, I really didn't have the trade. We had numbers. We were discussing it through. There's commentary. They were up in the pre-market overnight. They were up large. They sold them off. You can see the commentary here. We've got the numbers on the board, but then they fell apart, so you'll see where they fall apart, we begin to give the information like, if it doesn't hold, meaning 435, then she wants this number, and so on. So what I do is pause the video, read the notes, and go back to the charts to double-check the work. And even here, you'll see that, and you can read the whole thing, I'm just going to highlight other markets, meaning the IWM, the SMH, the financials. Everything was up early in the day. The tape looked bullish. The Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew were out in force, and I'm saying the tape is not indicating failure, but indicating they want to run up to the breakdown candle high, meaning they just want to go higher. That's the point of this conversation. That's my assessment and opinion. But here's the thing. It was hard to read the tape today. Please understand the difference between that and scientific information. In other words, my read is bullish and higher, but 437 is still the sticking point. That was the part art form rather than science. Here's a 15-minute chart. You can see you don't need the vertical. You can see the gap down here. So this is all today's activity. And guess what? 437 is here. 
They tried to get back to it. They couldn't even reach it. And what we were saying, and if you read the notes in detail, you'll see that until and unless they get back to 437, there's no dice on the upside. However, what I do want to point out is patience does pay. Shakeout operation, they're failing, 435. But that's not where the patience is. What I'm doing is scrolling up to something I said right around lunchtime or right before lunchtime. So 1137, just in case. So I'm taking a break and they're hovering. Where are they? Well, here's the chart again. So here's 1145, here's 1115. They're hovering. They're nowhere near 431. If they kill the tape over lunchtime, I'll be happy to purchase 431 and a spike of it for a trade. If it happens without eating time off the clock above, and if I see it happen, still back after lunchtime. So, what happened? 1211, there's the spike of 431 and an aggressive trade on the long side for a scalp trade or more. Closing candles below 430 is all I'm willing to risk. It's a meltdown and you have to be careful. Now, I want to explain something. We're going to learn something here. There's a method to the madness. I guarantee it. Now we're back on the customary five-minute chart, right at the vertical. Today's activity, 430.91 is a number. 431, 430.85. My line happens to be at 430.91. It just so happens that that wasn't far off from low of day. So what I was discussing is a spike of 431 should produce a reaction back in the other direction. That's why it was a trade. A scalp trade always can turn into more of a trade. You can hold a trailer, but on a scalp trade, you have to have an understanding that this is a trade. It's not a marriage. We're there to book a profit. We're there to pull money out of the market, put it in our pocket, and go about our business. And base hits put you in the Hall of Fame. So we're not thinking home run getting into a trade like this. We're thinking, let's get in the trade. Let's get the market to turn around, turn the ship around. We take a profit, we put it in our pocket, and we begin to see if we can get some stability in the tape. We protect the rest of the position, and we create what I like to call a risk-free, emotionless trade, which gives us the opportunity to hold a trailer for that little rocket ride if they want to give it to us. I'm going to do two things. A, I want to show you something where we said, hey, you need to take profit, and I want to show you and then show you why. So there's the trade, and now for traders who are long from under 431 and above 430, keep this one on a tight leash. They have to get back over 431 to get going in the northbound lane. If they do, 432.25, give or take, is the target. Now, back to the chart. Let's get our faculties. You're in the trade down here, underneath 431. All of a sudden, they start to turn the ship. You're going to take profit where? 432.25 or before because that's resistance. What's the high here? 432.26. One penny over the number cited in the notes. Apples? Macintosh apples. It's funny how that works. Came back for the retest of 431 and then took off and then went higher than the previous high. And that's kind of the way it works. How does it work? Works like this. Here's a low, they do a retest, they put in a higher low, and then they take off and they get above the former high, and then they find a new spot of resistance. 1249, if the number was correct, she's about to head up and take the test of 432 and a quarter, give or take, at least. 
Traders long need to book profit along the way to be safe. It's a tough tape today. And then that was pretty much it into the end of the day. That was really the only trade that I said, here's a trade. I'm willing to take it. Here's what I'm telling everybody. Here's the deal. Then they went back and forth, and obviously it was a rodeo. You can read the rest of the notes and go back to the chart to double-check the work. Let's check out stocks on the move. We'll look at the good, the bad, and the ugly. We're going to look at them all except BBBY, which did not hit its price objective. The other ones did, so therefore, let's head over to the pictures. KSS getting a haircut at the open. Here's the little shenanigan deal here. Low in the first five-minute candle is what? 47.86, misses by four pennies. The front runners got the deal. Once they do the deal, at least the minimum required base hit, which they did, and then some, it came back down and blew through it, and this is what I warn about all the time. They finished right around the number anyway, so we know that number's important, but essentially they hung around for a cup of coffee all day. Likely, the destination is another number in the southbound lane. AutoNation, first number no good, second number good. However, the second number and hung out for a cup of coffee all day, and it didn't even get to back to split, meaning break even if you average the two. Didn't work. Now, I want to address something. On a day like today, when the market's getting taken out behind the woodshed, most of the stocks are going to follow suit with the Dow or the NASDAQ or the S&P or all three indexes or the Russell, all of them. So what happens is, if in fact it's a normal day, one of the 80% type of days where maybe the market's down a little bit at the open, you have some news on a stock, it's going to run to a number, it's going to bounce off the number, that's fine. But when you have a day when entire sectors or an entire market is getting taken out behind the woodshed, you have to know that the drag is going to be down on all the stocks. It's essentially a pull. It's like a riptide. You ever get caught in a riptide? It's really strong and it can pull you out and you have to fight the tide to get back in. You don't want to fight the tide. You don't want to fight the market. If it's not a normal day and you see everything starting to turn and all of a sudden the market starts to melt down, it's unlikely that a stock you may be sitting in from a trade earlier is going to all of a sudden get a bounce out of nowhere. Unfortunately, it's more likely to get dragged down or dragged out in the riptide along with the market. And that's pretty much what happened today to a lot of the stocks across the market when the market turned and instead of going up, it essentially melted down. Well, guess what? Part of the market melting down is most of the stocks melt down. Foot Locker, here's a 15-minute chart, buzz cut at the open. Can make a case they gave you a base hit if you were willing to take a walk or a base on balls. I mean, here the high was 47.22, and if you're talking base hit, it's kind of by the skin of your teeth if you want to just stretch the truth a little bit. Got dragged down with everything else. That's just what happened. And on a day like today, rest assured, it's not really a happy day from a trading perspective for me, and I know most likely some of you I took a loss today. I'm in the red today. I had stocks that I got out of at a loss. It just is what it is. I had a positive trade in the SPY, but it's just one of those days. It's part of the business. It's not a part of the business we like, but it's a part of the business we have to accept. We're in the risk business. When we put capital at risk, we have the understanding that we could lose some of it on any given trade, and it's going to happen. If you use the 80-20 rule, and by the way, the 
official number, and I keep track of every trade from stocks on the move. So the official number vacillates between 82, 83, 81%, depending on whether we're in earnings season, out of earnings season, the percentage goes up a point, it goes down a point. So it's somewhere in that neighborhood, and it's been like that for years and years and years. And the one thing that I have to remind myself and that I have to remind other traders is that if you take the flip side of that, 17 or 18 or 19% of the time, you're going to have a losing trade. Those are the numbers. Got to be in the game to win. And in order to be in the game, you have to be willing to get bruised up a bit because it's going to happen at times. JWN, same routine. First number didn't work. It was the second number essentially, but they rallied back to about break even. So it was nothing doing on these trades. CarMax was the one that paid dividends today or paid profits today. At least there was one on the board. First number gets wiped off the board. It opened below the second number. It was a squirrely open, but I know some traders that I heard from throughout the day ended up getting some at the open, but the opening was delayed a little bit. The spread was wide. It was a little bit of a strange opening. The market maker was having what's called an imbalance in the stock, and they had to delay the opening a little bit, at least as far as I could see, just a minute or two. But either way, so the, when that happens, the spread widens, and it's difficult from a trading perspective. But if you bought the second number, you can see what happened. They went back over the first number. The third number worked. So the second and third numbers worked like they're supposed to work in this stock. And therefore, we can end the stocks on the move conversation on a positive note from CarMax. We're back to the SPY, and it's an hourly chart. Now, I said before I was going to teach you something, and then I forgot to teach it to you. So now I'm going to teach it to you. We were going to learn two things. You learned one, and here's the other one. So where in the world did 431 come from today? Where did I come up with that number? Why was I willing to take a trade there? What was it on the chart that gave me the confidence that at least I had some semblance of at minimum of a short stack in a tough market that was a rodeo? And while the market's falling like a knife, and I'm telling you this, over lunch that if they get there, I'm willing to buy it. I didn't even see it happen in real time until it happens in real time. How can I say that on a number on a day like today? And I'm going to give it to you. At least I'm going to give you part of it. The rest of it, you got to figure out, but I'll tell you where you can figure it out. So we use all the things that I teach in the course and how you put them together, how you use the different pieces of information and link them together is what creates the trades. So on this hourly chart, for example, I had a breakup candle, I had a breakup candle low. Where's that low? The low is 430.73. That's your spike of 431. Okay, fair enough. But there has to be something else there, especially if the market's going to fall out of bed. It's falling like a knife, right? It's a falling knife, if you will. And we had one of these where the market essentially ate a lot of time off the clock above this spot so you could say, hey, wait a minute, it's going to go a lot lower. They came kind of close, and now they've ate a lot of time off the clock. But what was I looking at different than that conversation? Because by the way, that conversation is valid, and that conversation is the reason why they ultimately went lower today, but there was an interim spot, and it wasn't just the breakup candle low. It was market symmetry. And if you go back to the course, there's an entire module on market symmetry. And I teach you how to come up with the actual number and how market symmetry plays out. 
And when you come up with a number, calculating it using the method I teach on market symmetry in the course, and then it comes up with about the same number as the breakup candle low, and then you have some other things that factor in to create the full stack, guess what? That creates a trade. That creates an opportunity, if for nothing else than a scalp trade, not a marriage, not a long-term trade, not a swing trade in this case, just a trade. 500 bucks, 1,000 bucks, $2,500, $100. Every trader is different. Every trader plays it a different way. Every trader chooses what they should do and how they ultimately execute doing it. A couple of other things on that symmetry stuff. So the reason why I was comfortable for a scalp trade, a bounce, whatever you want to call it, is because once a specific pattern is finished, it's finished. Something else is going to start, even if it's for another few candles. Once one thing is done, and this is not all the time, it's the majority of the time. I'll give you an example. Let's say the market's running up to test a breakdown candle high. Let's say it takes three hours to get there. I'm making it up. It doesn't matter. Once it gets there, the first time it gets there, it's finished running the test of the breakdown candle high, and then it's going to do one of two or three things. It's either going to run sideways, build some energy, and get through there, or it's going to pull back, trading down away from the same spot. The third thing is it can just bust right through it, meaning... The test failed, and they essentially just walked right through. So same thing goes with the symmetry stuff. Once they were finished with the calculation, the math behind how this works, then they should, in most cases, have a reaction in the other direction. And I was taking that information along with the breakup candle low and saying, I've got a high probability for a bounce. I've got a high probability for a trade. We're in a market where they're giving you, as long as they go in your direction, they're giving you chunks of points all at once. So guess what? Ultimately, they got to a high of 433.86, almost 434. We can round that and say that's 30. Yes, 30 S&P handles before reversing back down. If you want to stretch it from around the low, it's almost 40 S&P handles from the low. Now, I didn't get that much, but that much was available. You're an ES player. You have two contracts, 10 points, 1,000 bucks. How you doing? What's going on over in camp IWM? Same conversation. The whole market is teetering. We talked last night about the next price down in the SPY, maybe the night before that. And we'll refine that on an intraday basis for inside the number members. But just to let you know, and by the way, we're seeing good volume on these down days. That means there's definitely, and we already know this, institutional participation. So when they gap the market up in the morning a little bit, what are they doing? They're distributing out to somebody else that's a willing buyer. Who's a willing buyer? I don't know. But they're selling, they're distributing stock to willing buyers. So here's the thing. Notwithstanding the fact that you're going to get tremendous rip-your-face-off rallies. And when I mean rip-your-face-off rallies, these are short squeezes. So let's say the market has a short squeeze tomorrow, just for argument's sake. A short squeeze isn't 20 or 30 points. A short squeeze could be 100 handles in the course of a session. Expect that kind of stuff to happen. Also expect the same thing on the downside. We're going to have triple-digit down days in the SPY or in the S&P 500, and we're going to have quadruple-witching, excuse me, 
quadruple down days in the Dow. There'll be rip-your-face-off rallies in between. Will there be a rip-your-face-off rally before they hit the 200-period moving average? Chances are the answer is yes. However, they're going to hit the 200-period moving average. It may take time, maybe take a couple of weeks. Maybe they won't do it till sometime in the first quarter of 2022. We don't know. Maybe they find a low at 420. They have a rally for a couple of months into the end of the year, make a lower high, and then hit them again. That's certainly possible. What's also possible? On the flip side, and this is an awareness, it's also possible that we're down here in three weeks. Be prepared for anything. Just a little tidbit. We've talked about some of this stuff before, but remember, we're 21 years removed from the tech wreck in 2000. That seems pretty important. We're 34 years removed from the 1987 crash, the month of October, beginning tomorrow. That seems somewhat important. I'm not saying these things have to crash the market. That's not what I'm saying at all. What I am saying is be aware that that could happen. We're likely to see a rip-your-face-off rally first, but here we are at the first time in a long time where the market is really teetering. When was the last time it's teetering? Over here in May. That was a teeter, but this is a more important teeter. Why is it a more important teeter? Because we have a top in place as far as I'm concerned. If we have a top in place and the market's turned, then beware of the teeter. It's like a rubber band. You stretch it, you stretch it, you stretch it. Generally speaking, at least 80% of the time, that rubber band's going to snap back. However, a couple of times, the rubber band is going to break. And when the rubber band breaks, you get this stuff. This is the pandemic crash. Here is a low. They rallied the market. Does that look a little bit familiar to what we just saw? And then you teeter over here, and they gap below it, and that's all she wrote. That was your Irene number in February of 2020. And if you go back to the videos at that time, chances are we talked about teetering. I don't know if I used the term Irene, but I'm pretty sure we talked about that number or that price being important. Camp IWM. They're doing the same thing the other markets are doing, only here we are giving up all the moving averages. So if there's going to be a rescue operation, there has to be one relatively soon. Now here's what we're looking at. So what's the first thing that jumps off the page when this chart comes up is this. So you have a low, you have a higher low, now you're headed down, they're either going to make a higher low or they're not. So we're going to call this somewhat of Irene's little cousin. If they make a higher low, they have a chance to try and rescue the market back above the moving averages. But here's your weekly chart. There's your Irene number, 209.05. Below that on weekly close, you'll also be below the 50-week moving average. And that will likely be a time where the selling will accelerate. What about the folks down at the transportation department? Well, guess what? Here they are, challenging the lows from last week, and if they give them up, 13630 is on the docket. Maybe they rescue it, maybe they don't. Here, and this will just be of interest, the low of this breakup candle is 14028.66. Today's close, below that, right around 14000 That's a negative sign in and of itself. What are the transports? My favorite canary in the coal mine. $1.35 down for the folks out in Silicon Valley, the Q people. That's not really a big deal one way or the other. 
less than four-tenths of one percent. So they touch the 100-period moving average. So here's the deal. If the 100-period moving average is the spot, then they need a rescue operation right here. If not, more selling will ensue, and they've creeped into that spot of 354.50. So I'm not sure at this point that's a fantastic opportunity. However, we'll see what happens. We'll leave it on the page. Remember, it's all the same market. If they're killing the S&P 500, they're killing the NASDAQ most likely, they're killing the Dow. Only today, interestingly enough, with the S&P down over 1%, this had relative strength. But relative strength as compared to the other indices. Look at an intraday chart, an hourly chart, and essentially they were just working their way lower. They just didn't go very much lower as compared to the other indices today, but they finished on the lows. That's a negative sign one way or the other. And then you have the same stuff going on with the monthly chart reversal. Remember, the uptrend is intact. However, this is too far too fast. Eventually, they're going to come back to pay a visit to home base. Home base is the 20-period moving average. It's 294.70 on the monthly chart today. The month closed. It's a monthly reversal. These take a long time to play out. This is a several-month type of conversation. In between, there are rescue operations. There's rip-your-face-off rallies. And then, at times, the market will look like nothing's wrong. What do you mean negative news? There is no negative news. That was last week's news. Remember, the market drives sentiment, not the other way around. Sentiment doesn't drive the bulls and the bears. When the market goes down, that's when the sentiment changes. When the market's at new highs, the sentiment is fantastic. Everybody's bullish. Everybody doesn't become bearish until after the fact, until the market goes down. So the market drives sentiment, not the other way around. The financials put in a nice reversal candle today, down 2%, collapsed inside of the convergence of the 50 and 20 period moving average. This is an ugly day for the financials when you look at how they trade most of the time. This is a 20% day, meaning it's in the 20% camp. You had a couple of these recently, right? You had them try to break out, and they had a bad day. They had nothing going on yesterday. And then they had another bad day. So this is the way the tape is telling you the XLF is beginning to reverse. It's reversing course. Ing is the operative part of the word, reverse ing. They can rescue it, they can save it, but once they get below 36 and they start closing daily below that, there's not much left. One more rescue attempt will be at about 35, and then that's it. So they're reverse ing the XLF. Smash Mouth, only down 28 cents today, but look where they were earlier. They were higher, just like the NASDAQ. We didn't talk about it, but the same routine. So they were higher, and then they reversed and finished on the lows. They finished on the lows below the 100-period moving average now for the second day in a row. Not below yesterday's low just yet, but is this a positive development or a negative development? You can always have a rescue operation, and you'll get the rip-your-face-offs out of nowhere the short squeezes, but this is not a good close. Into the end of the day, trading down is the way the market generally tells you there's trouble in paradise. Monthly chart reversal candle for Smash Mouth will take a cue from the index that's generally a pretty good proxy for what's taking place in the bigger index, meaning the NASDAQ as a whole. If I told you how much I appreciate each and every one of you, 
Without you, these videos are not possible. That is true and accurate information. We're going to pull the ripcord here today. I'm David Frost, my strategic forecast. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis.